Hello and welcome to CigarCast, your weekly one-stop shop for all things cigar-related, including industry news, reviews, and everything in between. We're recording live from Mission Cigar and Social here in Spring Hill, Tennessee. I'm one of your hosts, Trey Devin. I'm joined as I am every week by Mr. Shane Reeves. A very disappointed Mr. Shane Reeves right at this moment. Why is that? Well, I really thought that I was going to bring us a delight for the senses by reaching in the back of the humidor and getting some of my age stuff out and bringing it for these. We're, as, we've, as we've said before, we're doing two shows in a row. Right. And we did the Yellow Rose last week, and this week we're doing the Avo Heritage Lancero, and these are about seven years old. Yeah, and both of and both of us cut these and cold drew them, and they were a little tight. Yeah, a little tight on the cold draw. I hope when I light it that that magically changes. I'm hoping so. And uh, the Avo Heritage is... Just a, it's it's the to me it's the benchmark Avo cigar. It it is my absolute favorite that they put out. And I had a I had a phase about seven years ago where I wanted to try Lanceros, and all, and I've still got Lanceros sitting around That's from fine. that. Yeah, because I saw that box that you pulled. That it was the old split open box, which they stopped doing probably around six seven years ago. Yeah, I got the wax seal in the middle that yeah. you have to cut. It's cool. Yeah, it's very cool. But, yeah, I, um, I pulled these out. So we're going to be smoking the Avo Heritage and the Lancero tonight. And I'm, I'm hoping that when I light this thing, it really comes alive and does better for me. Yeah. It's, it, at the very least, I just hope the draw evens out. So speaking of cigars, I'll let you light your cigar while I introduce the next article. Speaking of cigars that should be a feast for the senses, CRA Freedom Sampler Fall 2023 heads to stores. We've talked about the the cigar sampler, um, CRA Cigar Rights of America. They do good work. They're out there. They're on the front lines. They're doing the work. They're fighting the FDA. A lot of the things, the good things that have happened in the cigar industry, have been as a result of CRA. That's very floral. Is it? Yeah. I'm gonna light mine here in a minute. As soon as you start talking. Um, each sampler has MSRC, MSRP of $204 and includes... The Oliva Serie V 8x52, which I smoked on the show a couple of weeks ago. Different size, but uh, um, the Andalusian Bull, which this might be the only place you can actually get one of these right now. Uh, Diamond Crown uh, Julius Caesar, which is one of those uh, that I absolutely love and do not smoke enough of them. Uh, Opus X forget Forbidden X. Um, my father Garcia and Garcia Tatuaje 15th anniversary. Ashton Symmetry, uh, Rare Pink from Fuente Padron Black, and Rocky Patel ALR Robusto. Right, the a- Rocky Patel age is it age limited and rare, or is that an Alec Bradley? Is Alec Bradley age limited and rare? No, there's uh, fine and the Alec Bradley fine and rare. I think is the one. Okay, you're fine of. and rare. So. Rocky Patel, age limited and rare. Yeah. Um, you know, obviously, the Padron Black is the one that, to me, Padron Black kind of epitomizes what this kit should be, a cigar you can't get nowhere else. Well, and that's that's why, for, for as much as I'm not a huge fan of the cigar, I like the Andalusian Bulls inclusion here. Um, the Rare Pink from Fuente, similarly. Um, one thing that is surprising to me is the I remember when the Ashton Symmetry came out. And I know a lot of people really, really liked it, and I didn't. I am surprised that that cigar has stuck around like it has. At the price point it is, but now I will say when our Ashton rep comes in here, 
he pushes the symmetry. Oh yeah, he is a he does push the symmetry, and I think that there's probably a directive from Ashton that hey, we're going to push this cigar um, above and beyond it probably what it deserves. That sounds about right. That that seems like something that could happen. So I I can see that happening, but we're not going to spend a lot of time on this. I just wanted to mention that. If you see these in the shop, the cigars are obviously worth two hundred dollars. Um, buy them, support CRA because they are doing good work. I, 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 as much as I hate groups and don't want to be part of any group that would have me as a member, I do support CRA. So, from someone that he that Shane does support, to someone he doesn't. So Rojas Cigars is raising the price of their street tacos line and increasing the ring gauge on breakfast tacos. So I know that Shane hates this marketing, uh, the street taco, just as being too gimmicky. But I I love street taco and breakfast taco as a name for a cigar. I think that's great. It feels gas station cheap. And the color scheme looks gas station cheap. The, The presentation of them... Looks and fear. I just there's nothing about the marketing of this cigar that I like. This feels to me like something that um, that uh, limited cigar association yeah thing would put out. Yeah, and I I understand where you're coming from because the presentation it's very cartoonish. It doesn't have that polished and refined kind of look to it. But also, you know, there are other cigars that are in the humidor that kind of have this vibe but they pull it off a little bit better i don't i it's i can't really describe it um but we're looking at um the street tacos line comes in the the barbacoa carnita short corona which i'm sure you hate that too right absolutely um so does it taste like barbacoa or carnitas yeah i i find it very I assume Carnitas is the natural, and the barbacoa is Maduro. That would be that would be my that makes hope. sense. Um, anywhere from eight sixty five a stick to nine forty, depending on the size. Yeah, um, I just I don't know. This marketing does not work for me at all. And there's certain, and I didn't realize till I spent as much time as I do in here how big a deal marketing in the cigar is. I've always thought a good cigar would stand on its own, but that's not necessarily the facts. No, it, it really isn't. Uh, the box presentation, even beyond marketing, I would just say just simply box presentation, shelf presentation really makes a difference. Now, I'm not getting floral out of this heritage. It's it's gone for me now. I'm it not getting just, a lot. Of, I'm not getting the strength I'm used to in a heritage. No, but I am. That getting could some, be Lancero talking. I'm getting some complexity I don't normally get out of it. Yeah, though. I do feel a little complexity in this that I'm enjoying. Yeah, I am too. So I still drawing a little tight. Has it opened up for you? Yeah. Okay. So from CBS 17, they're on your side. Johnston County News. Pop-up holiday bar opening in former cigar humidor in Selma. <laughs> I almost went to this one instead. Selma, North Carolina. Um, so, ba- okay, what is what is a pop-up bar? How do you work? What, uh, this sounds like one of those things that your generation probably understands far better than mine. Basically, it's not a full-time going concern. So you'll see this oftentimes. They'll also call it like a takeover where, let's say, a, a bar exists, but then a different company does their own food, their own drinks for a night, 
um, that kind of thing. Or so maybe it's a maybe it's a pseudo vacant building. Rather than try and make a, a full go of it, they just lease it for six months or whatever, and then they do a pop up. Okay, so it's just temporary in its nature. Yes. So this tavern is located in the former JR Cigar Humidor at 67 JR Road in Selmer. I wonder how that went out of business. Right. Um, it will have a seasonal beverage movie, m- movie menu that includes handcrafted holiday cocktails and mocktails. Okay, I hate that word. I do too. And I also hate mocktails. I've not had one that I've liked. Well, that's, that's a, what word were you talking about? I hate mocktails. Yeah, I do. I'm saying I hate the word and I actually hate them. Oh, okay. You hate mocktail. Because is mocktails just the non-alcoholic version of a drink? Yeah. But it's not... Oftentimes, they're not like a... You're not going to get like a virgin whiskey sour. That wouldn't be... You Typically, it's like ginger ale and fruit juice. It's usually its own thing, but it looks... And has a similar flavor profile to a cocktail just without the alcohol in it. So it's like a Clamato with a yeah. rib in it, and they call it a Bloody Mary? Something like that. Okay. Terrible. To celebrate Blitzen's grand opening, professional kayak angler and musician Chris Abbey Abadonza will perform country pop and holiday favorites. Um, I hate everything. The original frontman of Country Crooners, the poverty net kill. I hate everything that has just exited my mouth. There is what? nothing about this that I even remotely would would bring my life to. Oh, I, no, I disagree. I think we need to make this guy mayor. This is great. So let me walk it back since you kind of stomped all over that intro. So Chris Abbey Abundanza... He's a professional kayak angler. Not even just a professional fisherman. He's a professional kayak. That means he's a YouTuber, right? But this is a guy, he's making his living. I see a, ma- a man bun here. I oh. no doubt this guy's got a flourishing man bun. I would I would not probably, take that bet. Probably one of those half-ass beards that he puts a lot of product in, stuff like see, that. See, to me, I'm thinking this has got the overgrown ZZ Top beard but doesn't have the facial follicles to really support it, so it's all scraggly. I am surprised there's not a picture of him on here. Well, I'm pulling one up. What do you you bet he looks exactly like we think he does? I bet he does. Uh, But I do have a... So his band, the Poverty Neck Hillbillies. That is such a great name for a band. I love that. Assuming they're playing like hillbilly country oh were we wrong it's worse than i thought oh gross it's it's bro country cheek oh he looks like dane cook oh that's horrible (laughs) yeah he he looks like um so so that makes us no don't make him mayor kill him he's wearing the affliction shirt which i hate yeah okay folks can I just say for the record, we have enough shirts with skulls, crosses, and angel wings on them mm-hmm. that if that's all you've got to offer, get out of the shirt business. Why people still buy that stuff, I will never understand. Okay. Well, okay. Well, yeah. Well, no, well, well, I, we're giving this guy once over. Yep. Yeah, no, that's. Uh, I, I, I retract my previous statement. I don't like him. I don't like his band. I don't like that he makes his living fishing. Let's just torpedo the whole thing. Don't go to this. 
So can this guy be one of the guys that ruined the internet? Can we add him to the list? Yes. To, to reference show from last week. This is one of the top people that are ruining the internet, correct? I guarantee you he ruins everything he touches. Okay, moving forward. Let's, let's, let's go with something happy. Thieves break into Morgan Hill cigar store and cause major, major damage. This, this can only be an improvement over our last article. Right. So this is from NBC Bay Area, and where the temperature is currently a balmy 77 degrees. Oh, nice. You know, Adam Carolla has a whole bit he does about weather in California and why do you even bother? It's nice today. It was nice yesterday. It'll be nice tomorrow. Yeah. Is it, there's really no point in that. But So these guys, they back up. They hook a stolen car. Now, this is a good move. If you're going to rip the front off a store, use a stolen car. Yeah. That way they can't trace your plates back. Yeah. These guys, they, they hook a chain to the stolen car and jerk the front off of this store and run in there. Like storefront, not just the door and the bars. Like they ripped the windows, the, the actual storefront out. But they did an excessive amount of damage. And then, okay, now here's one of my complaints about these guys. You notice they're using garbage bags? Yeah. Would you not, if you had planned this heist, would you not have a higher quality bag? I don't know. Maybe they're the rip stop, the glad. Maybe they went... You know, name brand, you know, glad, hefty. That's what I hope for them. Well, so they run in there and they steal a bunch of cigarettes. They don't touch the humidor. Even though this, and I'm going to say, looking at the counter of this, they're being generous calling this a cigar store. Yeah. I mean, this is definitely a discount tobacco head shop place, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, for sure. Um, Yeah. I'm seeing lots of glass pipes on the wall and... Yeah, so all of that being said to say this. Remember the classic 80s sitcom trope where you're the 1,000th customer at Wally's Big and Tall and now you get to use a, um, you get a, all, a shopping spree for 20 minutes, everything you can carry out. Remember this trope? Yeah. It's been done in a number of 80s. But let's say, I said, all right, Trey, I'm giving you two minutes Whatever you can carry out of the humidor in there is yours to keep. What cigars do you grab? Anything I can carry out in one in one go, one trip. No, two minutes. You got oh. two minutes. Ooh. Uh, Padrones first. AJ second. Uh, Perdomo next, which I think will surprise you. Well, yes. Yeah, so the Padron is kind of a no-brainer. Yeah. I'd say 89% of everybody you ask is going to go straight for the Padron section, as well they should. Am I allowed to prop the door open? Because it's got an auto-close hinge. Oh, That's no. going to get in my way. No, where this, is, this is from... <laughs> no, you're not allowed to prop the door open, and your vehicle must be parked on the far end of the parking lot. Oh, I've got to get it in the car. Yeah, you got to get it out of the humidor and into the car. All right. So, and... Um, the, so the question becomes, say that Padron is not an option. Okay. Let's just say, because let's just assume, because my answer would be simple. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get all the Padrones I can carry and put them in the car. Yeah. And all, which probably is not as wise a decision as grabbing the Alma Fuertes. No. The Vicencias. Except those are only 10 to a box. True. But you're, the chances of you getting a lot of short Padrones are pretty good. Yeah, well, 
you know this humidor well enough, you would know which padrones to to not grab if you were prioritizing. But let's say padrones not an option. All right. Let's say you're going to do a, a, a grab on all of the cigars you can. So you're going to grab the AJ Fernandez stuff. Yeah. And then you're going to grab Perdomo. Yeah, I I've got to think about this. So you you, I was thinking what I could carry out of the store. You're saying I've got to go to the other side of the parking lot. Right. You've got to put it in your car. Okay. So then I'm going to do this a little differently. Luckily, it's a little chilly tonight, so I've got my jacket. Okay. I'm taking them out of the box. Oh, okay. And I'm throwing them. I'm I'm putting my jacket on the floor floor and I'm dumping the cigars on the jacket on the floor so I'm going to get everything AJ that I can and probably instead of Perdomo I think I'm actually going to go either Crux or Placencia and but I won't go Alma Fuerte because I'm not using the boxes so I won't have the protection because those don't have cellophane on them Um, and then I'm going to use that as like a bindle and I'm going to run, and that's how I'm going to get it out to the so car. So you're going pure for numbers. Yeah. And all, you're going, you're going there's to try not, to... There's really not anything in that humidor that I don't like. Or couldn't trade for something I like to right. somebody down the road. So yeah, numbers, pure numbers. <laughs> well, yeah, and I, and I will allow you to like grab an El Septimo and scotch the door with it. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, but you, but you must that that comes off your time. You're, if the first thing you do is snag up an El Septimo and, and jam it under the door to hold the door open that's for you, I will time. allow that. But that's part of your time. Yeah. No, I think. Yeah, I, I think. I think you have to go based on time. Because uh, do you have to be, like, do you have to be in your car at the end of that two minutes, or can you be like on your way out the of the cigars? Humor? Have to be in your car. Yeah. Yeah, so, no, I think you've got to go by numbers. It's, it's interesting, because I think, so, it's a nature of my life. I buy, if I want Perdomos, I'll just buy them. Mm-hmm. I can buy Perdomos and never really notice it in my budget. And all the same thing with A.J. Fernandez to a greater degree even than Perdomo. Right. So, if I'm going in there on a shopping spree... I'm grabbing overstocks. I'm grabbing boxes of super high-end stuff and running it to the car. So my numbers may be less than you, but I think my overall value would be much higher. Yes. Well, let's say I walk around, walk out of here with the equivalent of 12 boxes worth of cigars. I think that's fair. Then I can afford to smoke for the next several months the higher price stuff because I know I don't have any sort of uh, budget tied up into my workhorses well, that's, a, that's a good idea but also you could instead of using your jacket you could grab one of the trays that we have cigars in there and dump the tray out and then just fill the tray up with stuff you want and tote the tray out true but I feel like the jacket by being amorphous uh, gives me a little bit like sizes doesn't matter, orientation doesn't matter. Like everything can be gathered quickly. You don't have to worry about you know if if one gets in the the tray crooked and then now you can't fit as many in the tray. That sort of thing. Yeah, um, yeah, but it's, it's interesting. It's an interesting philosophical question. <laughs> and all of how would you go about robbing your local humidor here? 
<laughs> of everything we need. But let's take a break. When we get back, we'll come back with something slightly less larcenous. <laughs> we'll be back with more after this. Welcome back to the Cigar Cast. This is one of your hosts, Shane. Sitting across from a man who I wonder is he ever just got up and walked out of a conversation. Mr. Trey Denton. I have. What was the so I'll I'll give you the genesis of this particular right. thought process. So yesterday, we're sitting back here. I, ironically, I'm sitting in this same chair I am. And the volunteer was next to me to my left, and the Alabamans were over to my right. And they were having the least productive argument I've ever been a party to. They were arguing, so the volunteer was arguing that the uh, Michigan, right. the Big Ten commissioner has the power to, to find Michigan. Look, see two weeks ago to see the Michigan scandal going right. on. Has the power to shut down the season and find Michigan and all that. The others were arguing that, yes, he has that power, but he won't. Now, the volunteer wasn't arguing that he wouldn't. He was just arguing that he could. And they were actually yelling at each other, and I finally just got up and walked off. Now, old Shane would have tried to be a peacemaker, would have tried yeah. to have said, hey, are you, are you idiots aware that y'all are arguing the same thing just louder and louder on either side of me? Yeah. But as part of – I'm really trying – to do less attempts at ruling the world. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm really trying to stymie my my intentions toward world domination. That's, uh, <laughs> that's, that's a tough putt for you. It's a noble endeavor. Yeah. But I feel like that I, could, I don't need to rule the world, even though I would be very good at it. And also, I got up and walked off, and as I was walking off, I was thinking, I was thinking, I need to call Trey and tell you about that other thing I told yeah. you yesterday. And um, I thought, I wonder if Trey has ever walked out. What was the last conversation you just, without, and I didn't, I didn't say, this is stupid, I'm leaving. I didn't say bye. I didn't say nothing. I just got up and walked off. Oftentimes, I will do this when the top similar situation where there's about three or four or five of us all kind of sitting and then when people start rabbit holing about who played left tackle for the 49ers in 1987 and well yeah but then he you know he pulled his Flugerfelvin and had to sit out and then he went to the Ravens and I, I don't care yeah or- Oh, the worst, the jersey name game, or the jersey number game. Oh, 54, that was Benny Wisemuller and the old, you know. Yeah, no, oh, I, the, I, will, I will just get up and walk off. I, I just, nothing, and look, look, I know that my topics of conversation and my, the areas in which I have some expertise are not interesting to most people. I get that. So if someone, but... If someone ever has had a, an ass full of whatever I'm talking about, more power to them. Is that a power move? Is it the is the the get up and just walk off? Is that a power move or is that is that passive or aggressive? I I don't think it's really either. I think it's just I think it's one of those where 
especially if you've got enough, like, those guys are fully engaged. It's not like you're even part of the conversation. So you don't owe them an excuse me because they don't even notice you're still there. It, it's, just, I, it's just for your own sanity. You think it has no social bearing? It's I, don't, just I don't think it does because you're going to come back to your same seat eventually. Right. And when I did come back, they recognized. They took a moment and acknowledged. They said, okay, we're done. And I said, are you done yelling at each other about something that matters to no one? And they said, well, we can't guarantee we won't do it again. I said, well, I'll just walk off again if you do. Well, <laughs> and it's, it's funny, too, because I, I find that by virtue of the fact that oh, this happened a lot uh, when we were talking to the volunteer on Friday night or Thursday night, which is I... I, especially in a situation where we've got a full house like this, I can't hear. Especially, like, unless we're about as close together as you and I are now, I can't hear half of the conversation anyway. So I end up doing a lot of, of nodding and things. So I think people give me credit for checking out of conversations far more than I actually do. Um, and I, you'll notice he, the volunteer in particular, is one who's constantly like, "Oh, we're, we're I, I'm, I'm sorry. We'll, we'll talk about something Trey's interested." It's not that I'm not interested; it's that I can't hear you. Fascinating. All right. So, for an accessory that I hated, and then after I actually got to know it, I fell in love with it. Oval cigar ash tray. This is from Half Wheel, and it's O H apostrophe V A L. So that automatically put it on my. My list of things that I do not care for. And all apostrophes don't belong in the name of your ashtray. But um, I'll let you explain this because you have the pottery background. Well, I'm married to someone who has a pottery background. Do we need to call her? Uh, so that would go over very well, I'm sure. Um, she's at home with the kid and the dog. It probably. Anyway. So this is a modular ashtray, and it's at, so you've got the bowl of the ashtray, the you know the cigar rest. What did you call that? Uh, stirrup. The stirrup, and then it's got a little nest that the whole thing sits on. So what's really cool about this? It's oval shaped. It's made of looks like concrete actually, um, but the whole thing rests on this oval, but it's not attached in any way, so it can sit at an angle. It's got to be ferrous because it's mecha- it's ma- it's magnetic. Oh yeah, that's maybe cast iron then. It does kind of have that look to it. I was assuming that it was just inla- that that whatever metal was inlaid in it, because um, of the way that's got that um, magnet in the bottom of the main bowl too. But anyway, so the stirrup attaches to the bowl with a magnet. So you can theoretically put it anywhere on the rim of the ashtray that you want. And it's as a as a design piece it's really really cool. Although I don't I don't know what the need for the modular stirrup is other than I just like it. Well, I like so if you look down in the article as you scroll down the article you see how they have the bowl tilted with the end up and the cigar end down? And I, I do kind of like that because it kind of gives you a little more freedom of where to put your cigar and how to put your ashtray and how to work that. Now, my, I've got a couple of questions. One, can I buy more than one stirrup? It doesn't appear that you can. I, w- I would definitely want to order this of an extra stirrup. However, uh, you say that, but... 
The ashtray's bowl is about 7.125 inches from tip to tip and 3.1875 at the bowl's widest point. So it's really not big enough for two cigars. You put one at each end. You could, but it would fill up pretty quick. It's also not terribly deep. Kudos to whoever wrote this article from Half Wheel. I think it was Charlie, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, We even went so far as to fill the bowl up with water to determine its volume and found that it could hold 140 milliliters. So I don't know what that translates to in in number of cigars ashed, but it doesn't seem like a, a very large number. So if you'll also read his not under top-notch durability, he does state this is made of cast iron. Yeah, he does. It's actually a specific Japanese form of ironwork uh, that, in, that inhibits rust and stuff like that. So, and I will say that's my only complaint about the stinky ashtrays is if you don't get the just the bright stainless, if you get the painted stinkies, they do rust. Yeah. The, the bright stainless will last forever, but the... the um, the ones that are painted, the red and the orange and such, they will rust on you. But yeah, um, it's, it's gorgeous. I will give you that. I would love to see it in some different shapes and maybe different configurations of stirrups and things like that. Yeah, I like it. I think, um, I mean, I, I'm not willing to pull the trigger on a $200 ashtray, especially not willing to pull the trigger on cus- custom ordering a $200 ashtray f- from Japan. Right. But... If I, if I had seen one of these in a shop somewhere in a box, I, I bet, might consider it. I bet we could do this out of concrete and accomplish the same basic thing. But the stirrup wouldn't be moving. Yeah, you just put a, a steel band around the rim and okay. lay it in when you're pouring the concrete. And so you just, you know, that, you know, a, an eighth of an inch from the, from the top of the rim. You might could, you might, but by the time you get the concrete, get the mold set up, I mean, you'd have to go into production to ever make any money on this deal. But to Otherwise, make, it's better just spend the 200 bucks. Oh, I'm, I'm saying make one for us. I'm not saying go into production here. Oh, yeah. See, I just, I, I, that's definitely more than $200 worth of my time. Uh, maybe. By the time the, I mix the The endeavor the of the attempt is, is worth it for me sometimes. Like Maybe if I get one of those moods where I just want to build something, yeah, it'd probably be worth it at that point. Well, and it's it's like, you know, I showed you before we started recording that we're looking to, to finally add the tile backsplash to our kitchen because it... I, how do you not put something up when you're building the house? Like, I, I understand you don't... Maybe you don't tile the backsplash, but something. Come on. The nature of building is such whatever you put up there, they're not going to like. Yeah. And you've got to get paid. You'll never get paid for it, and you're putting something up there that they're not going to like. Fair enough. You're far better off when they say, oh, why did you not put something up there? To say, well, by all means. Yeah. So speaking of this, I I pulled the show over. Um, My wife and I got in a fight today. And I, I have been mad at my wife a grand total of maybe three times ever. And I'm talking mad. I was mad today. A few months ago, she bought some wallpaper for the water closet in our master bath. And I've never... I, I, everyone I've, I know who's done wallpaper says it's a miserable experience. And I understood that going in. But I also know that I have an ability to really see into the minutiae of a task like that. Because the ease of that 
task is entirely on your setup, your preparation, and taking your time, right? Getting the line straight and all this. I did one strip, and I walked out of the bathroom, and I said, I don't care how much it blinking costs, we're paying someone to do this. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not doing this. I'm not, it took me an hour just to lay one. And even then it wasn't as perfectly straight as I would have liked. And so that's it. I know from this point forward, it'll never be the level of quality that I expect out of myself and of this project. Well, that, that answer wasn't because normally I'm the guy that says, yes, let's do it ourselves. Let's knock it out. Like just suck it up and make it happen. Went over like a turd in a punch bowl. Oh yes, it did. That did. And it was, well, you know, and she's, she's got, um, uh, uh, Decker veins disease right now, uh, which is a it's a tendonitis. Decker D E K D E apostrophe Q U De Cervains. Okay, all right. Not Decker veins. Well, uh, I, I was I actually thought you said Decker veins. <laughs> oh, no, no De Cervains. It's a it's a it's a tendonitis of the thumb. So she's in a brace. She's got one hand. For somebody that loves to say Decker veins instead of just saying tendonitis of the thumb, not to enjoy wallpaper is beyond me. But carry on. You would think, right? But this is this is one of the few times in my life I walked away from a project because I am that guy. Sometimes you just want to build something. Sometimes you just want to be the guy. Does this? I'm going to tile the backsplash by myself. But this wallpaper was too much for me today. I just said no, and then I was told that no was not an acceptable answer, and so we kept going. Did you burn it down? I it <laughs> it got. I walked away. I, there, there's nothing like setting a roll of of a, a wallpaper on fire and waving it like a church. I would have fighting Frankenstein. I, I would have come home to change locks if I'd have gone that far. But <laughs> it was it was a situation where I had to walk away from the conversation because it was going nowhere good fast. Can we just as a society give up on wallpaper? Oh. The problem is I, the the design on this wallpaper I do really like, and it is very attractive, and I like it. But the 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 effort to the benefit is just not; they don't match up. And well, what kind of a like prison reform work release program must wallpapering be as a job? Like, who goes into that and says yes? Well, not only that, you're putting the least durable product you could imagine on a wall in the most permanent way possible. Yeah. <laughs> this is No, it's I mean, I thought I thought wall, you know, okay. There's trends that have left that I miss. I miss paneling. I'll come out and say it. Now, the problem is there's a lot of bad paneling out right, there. Right. Right. Good paneling looks good. Yes, it does. Good paneling is perfect product. You nail it up. It comes in sheets. It's easy. It's done. It's clean. It's durable. You can wipe it off. I mean, whatever whatever percentage asbestos is in it, it's it's perfect. Yeah. Wallpaper is just a bad ideal. Oh, I hate it. No matter and because when I was a kid, mom. This was in the early 80s. Mom would be fixing up a rental house, and she would go get wallpaper to fix up the rental house with. And it's like, okay, and if you've never been a landlord, renters systematically destroy your home. Right. That's, that's job one. Right. The, the reason they rent is because they don't want to clean for six months. They want to live somewhere six months and then move out. Um, but... 
so yeah, wallpaper. I'm I'm anti wallpaper. I can start a public fund against wallpaper. This is also patterned, so it's not even just about getting it straight. You have to from one roll to the next get the pattern matched, lined up. I, be, I believe what is that level four in Dante's Inferno it, hanging it's, wallpaper? It, it's I I would just as soon learn what Smith and Wesson tastes like. <laughs> okay, well let's talk about something fun. <laughs> but although I am glad you brought up wallpaper so that I could share with the world my contempt for the the awful thing that is. Oh, God, I'm glad she doesn't listen to this anymore. Have you ever seen the grass mat wallpaper? No. You want to oh. make wallpaper worse? Make it layers so that when you tear it off, it comes into different layers. Oh, that sounds awful. Oh, it's hideous. It, it, I, I pulled a whole kitchen. Finally, I just tore the paneling off the wall that they had put the wallpaper on and bought new paneling. It was so much easier than trying to tear this grass mat wallpaper off the wall. Well, see, th- and that's the thing. Honestly, I think I would probably be better off to take the drywall off, down off the walls in that bathroom wallpaper it laying horizontally and then put the drywall back up. I would rather do that than hang another from that nine foot <laughs> ceiling wall. Oh, but I will do you before we move on. I'll do you one better than that. In the nineties, my mom had the basement, we had a finished basement in my house, had the basement sort of family area painted, but do you remember the faux finish thing that was popular at the time? Yep. So where you basically wallpaper it first and then paint over that. Oh my goodness. <laughs> that poor painter was at our house for three months. <laughs> you start calling him stepbrother, huh? I, I tell you what. <laughs> so, speaking, speaking of brotherhood, so, I don't know. Okay, you gotta add, I've gotta ask, is this? I've not spent as much time in as large a variety of cigar shops as you have. Okay. The mission here seems to always be trying to put together a men's group. Yeah. Seems like somebody's always trying to get the feet under a men's group here and get a men's group going, and all that. And granted, cigar shops become the home for unwed fathers. Yeah, it's it's daddy daycare. Yeah. So it is kind of the ideal place. Um, they've yet to do it successfully here. And oh, is the one that used to meet here on Monday nights kind of fizzled? Yeah, it fizzled. And um, I'm trying not to, again, back to my trying not to rule the world. I'm trying to let it run its course. But is that is that norm in a cigar shop or is it not? Do, do enough guys get together that they say, hey, why don't we do a men's group? Or is it just specific to this little niche i think it's it so it's it's both and neither um you know i've been so almost every time that that is attempted it's usually around a bible study of some kind and so my regular shop uh out by my house has one uh a place i was a regular at in texas had had one like that um but by and large it's not a so I've been a regular at a number of shops that operate that way, but I would say it's not the norm. Okay. So what they're looking for here is not necessarily... There's no model I could find to no. to follow if I wanted to do something like that together. You, you pretty much have to invent the model as you're going along. Well, and it's, it's tough, too, because when you start talking about men's groups, it either... Like, most people are going to assume it's a Bible study of some kind. 
it, or or two, it's either not going to be the right environment for the majority, or it's not going to be the right environment for anybody. You know what I mean? Like it's my definition of what it means to be a well-rounded individual or a, or a good man or is is different than yours. You and I both know this. And so you either try to appeal to everybody, in which case it's it's disingenuous and it doesn't mean anything because everyone's trying so hard not to be offensive, or it caters to such a small group of people who all agree with the same thing that you don't get anything out of it because it's an echo chamber. Well, you know, one of the great things about our relationship, and I hope the listeners get to enjoy this, the fact that we disagree with each other on most everything gives us a new perspective. You've given me a lot of perspectives that I would have never had before, and I hope that I've done the same for you. And um, to me, that's the heart of what a men's study is. It's not about getting a bunch of guys together um, that all, you know, share the same thoughts, goals, and belief. It's about gathering a diverse group that can respectfully interact with one another. And it, and it's hard to do. It's one of those things that has to, it really has to happen organically. And I'll tell you, the closest thing I've been uh, a part of, or that, that kind of resembles what you're talking about, at Wise Ash, when I was a regular there, there were these four old guys that showed up every morning when the doors opened at 11. And Doug, who... I hope is still with us, although I'd be surprised. He was 106 then. Um, He was the token liberal of the group. And then you had uh, Mr. Peluso, who has since gone on. Uh, Mr. Mike, who would later go on to buy the shop and run the shop. And then a couple of other people, myself and and a guy we called Hawkeye because he was blind in one eye. Um, Um... and we would sit down and argue politics every day for two hours. But it happened organically. We set, it, it really came from, we would sit around and pass the New York Times Sunday crossword. Everybody would take a few minutes and do like a quick pass. And then over the course of a couple of days, we would solve the puzzle. And I learned a lot from those gentlemen. And we you know, got to know each other very well, even beyond just the surface level kind of disagreement about politics. And it was, I would say, the closest thing I've ever had to a a men's group uh, of people who really, you know, because, you know, somebody would come in having a bad day or or um, one of the guys got, you know, a cancer diagnosis and he came in and talked and the guys kind of rallied around, you know, put the differences aside for the greater group. That, um, but I don't know that there's a way to... to intentionally start something like that? Well, so Bible study... So here's the thing about Bible study. Here's why Bible study works a lot of times. Because um, until the last... Until the last, say, seven years, even if you didn't agree with the Bible, there was still a respect held for the Bible. So you could build the study group based on a basis of, okay, we all have a mutual respect for God's Word here. Even though we may disagree on how it interprets, we all still have a mutual respect for that. And that gives us a, a stepping-off point. But you still have already narrowed the field of who's available to join by, by, by basing it around the Bible. By calling it a Bible study. Yeah. Yeah. 
Um, you know, one of the greatest programs of my life, I've talked about it, everybody's men's fraternity. Uh, but here's the thing. Men's fraternity, each section is 24 weeks. That's a long time. And it's 45 minutes of video, and then you work through the workbook. You're never in and out in less than an hour and a half if you just do the content. Right. And for that reason, men's fraternity has kind of fallen by the wayside. We do, to, to ask a person for an hour and a half of their time today is so much bigger an ask than it ever was before. Yeah. Not to mention for 24 weeks straight. Yeah, it was, it was a, a big, it's a big ask. And it's yeah. funny how that, is the pace of our society changed that much? I think it has. I, th- I think, and kind of going back to sort of what it means to be a man, if we, if we want to, you know, take it down that road, you know, the biggest difference between my generation and our parents' generation is, is the involvement of dads. And, you know, no longer is dad getting up, you know, going to the office all day, you know, stopping by the cigar shop, coming home just in time to kiss the kids goodnight and have dinner. Like that, you know, that worked for Robert Petrie. It doesn't work anymore. And so I think it's not so much that we are living more fast-paced lives, but I think our time is more, is being pulled in more directions. Yeah, and it's, you know, we talked about cycles in the last one. Because, you know, you look at the origins of this country. Um, At the time, boys would get up and go out in the fields and work with their father. Yeah. And they got to spend the best part of their day, of their father's day with their father. They're working. Right. They were working together. You've worked with your father. I've worked with my father. There's nothing like it. Right. Absolutely. I feel sorry for someone who has never had the opportunity to actually put in a day's work next to their father. Because the things you gain during that time is so massive. It's, it's unbelievable. Um, then the Industrial Revolution comes along. And it causes men to leave the house. And you obviously can't take your kid to the steel plant. And right. have, him, you know, have him pouring rivets all day long. Right. So that, that changed that dynamic. And I think that's where the dynamic has come from of... The next step being the guy that goes to his office all day and stops by the bar to unwind on the way home and then gets home right at the end of the night to today where the man's expected, hey, you're off work. I expect you to get home help me with these kids. Yeah. Why don't you get in there and wash a kid? Well, and, and it's not even so much that as it is the, the you know, it, speaking for myself at least, that those are some of my favorite times of the day. Like I pick the kid up from, from daycare at 5 o'clock. And when the weather's nice, like it's supposed to be the next couple of days, we don't go home. We go to the park, mm-hmm. just him and me, and we play for an hour, whatever he wants to do. Um, and that's my that's my favorite time of the day. So now that we're entering an era where more people are working from home, I wonder what the next iteration of manhood will be in that. I wonder how how that will shape the future of this. Well, and it's funny because I think so many people who concern themselves with the definition of manliness will see this current generation of men and fathers as being less manly than the one who came before it. And I don't necessarily know that I agree with that. But I think when it comes to 
conversations around sort of male betterment, um, you're going to see a, a rift between the old guard and the new guard. And that's going to get in the way of meaningful conversations about it. And that's going to be tough because you're never... Because whereas you and I have diverging uh, opinions on the matter, we have time set aside where we sit and we talk about whatever's on our minds. Whereas if you immediately start from a place of disagreement with no common ground, you never open up the, the door f- for that for that trade. Yeah, if, if one of us assumes, well, if, if it's the elder statesman syndrome, if you assume the elder, you're the elder statesman and you're going to dictate to the, junior, to the junior members how they should be thinking, you've already lost the conversation. Well, yeah, and what so often, you know, there was a, there used to be a guy who would come in here all the time and having only had maybe two conversations with me with of any sort of substance had already packed away in his mind in the little Rolodex of who I am, everything he thought I believed in and espoused and my belief system and, and ideology and all this stuff, almost all of which wasn't true. But so tying that back to what you said, whereas we have less time face to face with each other and more time you know, working remotely and where all of our, all of our interactions with other humans are like live in-person TikTok videos. It's a little snippet here, a little snippet there. I think we're going to have a much harder time uh, cult- cultivating those relationships. And I think something like a men's group or a, a group of structured and intention time uh, is going to be vital to the survival of our, of our species. Well, and it's funny how, like, right now we're sitting in a cigar shop with a cigar in my hand. I'm sharing time with you. There's four other people in here that would love to be having a slice of my time right now. Now, that may be my ego talking. Probably. <laughs> but, not, but, I, but, okay, let me put it this way. There's four other people sitting there right now that I could go strike up a conversation with. Yes. And move forward. And, um... If you're a guy like if you're a golden retriever like I am, you worry. Okay, is it going to bother them that I don't go strike up a conversation? Yeah, and all because you know it's it's one of those things. It's one of those things that's really difficult that I don't remember ever being a problem before this stage in life. Well, it's yeah, and I think it. I really think that's that's more of a more of a you thing than it is a societal thing because. You know, I come into a cigar shop and I sit down where I feel like sitting that day. And as long as I don't have my headphones in, I'm open for business. Mm -hmm. You know, if I see somebody I want to talk to, I'll go talk to them. If I don't have anything to say, but they do, I'm, I'm always open and I'm always available. But I don't ever worry about, oh, I have... You know, every time I see my old boss at the other shop, I usually go over and say hi. He came in yesterday, but I didn't get an opportunity to say hi. I'm not worried about it. I know he wasn't looking over and saying, well, I wonder why he didn't come. Because we say hi when we see each other or we don't if we don't. Right. Well, so I think this is something that we'll have to defer later. But now I understand the question. The question is, how could you create an effective men's group in a cigar shop? 
How could you? Because like you know, there's a number of guys that were greatly benefiting from the men's group that was meeting here, and it's kind of all died down. Yeah, gone away. And I hate to see those guys that were benefiting from that now not having that to, to you, divest in. You do hope, though, or you hold out hope at least, that those individuals retained at least one or two of the direct relationships that came out of that and are able to still get some of it out. Of it. Well, I still think the heart of it is you've got to have a subterfuge. You've got to have a cigar flage. You've got to have a reason to get together that you're all coming together for. You know, it's like, you know, Trace Atkins has a great song that she thinks she still thinks we're fishing. And it's about fishing with his daughter. Yeah, that 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 song tears me up. Yeah. And I think that's more indicative of life in that you know, anybody that thinks hunting is about killing an animal has never been hunting. Right. Anybody that thinks fishing is about catching fish does not know how to fish. Yeah, well, it's... Or y- golf is about golfing. Yeah, no, very very few activities are about the activity. It's so much about, about who we do the activity with. And that's why I think, I think you're right. Like, having the cigar to come together, I think the key is, and I think we're seeing this shift in the newer generation of man, but... It sucks that it somewhat alienates the old guard because while while everything that my dad's generation has to teach the next generation isn't valid, there's still value in listening. Right. And um, the key to those groups being successful is a willingness and an ability to be completely vulnerable and open. And that's something that guys don't do well. Well, and that has to start from the head down. Yeah. The guy in charge of the group has to establish that that's, that that's kind of what we're doing here. You know, we were part of a, a small group at our church a couple of years ago. It has since everyone's kind of moved away and, and things like that. But one of my frustrations early on was like all of the guys were being so cagey. No, everyone was talking about their work week and, you know, oh, everything's fine or whatever. And like no one was getting, no one was being real. And it's like, what are we doing here then? Right. Well, it's it's interesting. So, all right, we've we've been yeah. deep for, yeah. deep enough. Um, tell me about your heritage, Lancero. That is, yeah, I, <laughs> I not, not Scotch Irish on my mother's side. I, I was born a poor. <laughs> no, uh, you know, I really, I really wanted this to be everything I was hoping it was going to be, and much like the Yellow Rose from last week, it's still just not. Now, I'm not a Lancero fan. In general. Um, now, that's not to say I don't appreciate the gesture in the cigar, of course. You know that. But um, it still just draws a little too tight for me the whole way. It did open up about halfway through and started giving me a little bit more nuance. But it's still... I feel like it's a little less nuanced than it than it is new. Well, I think the Lancero shape is that. Yeah. If I had to rate this from the first of these Heritage Lanceros I ever smoked, it's the same. Okay. Age has not changed this cigar at all. All right. Now, I'd be interested to see if I had aged a box of Toros, right. how, the, how much different they would be. So I'm wondering if this, if we have to chalk this experience up to the fact that it is a Lancero and neither of us are serious Lancero guys. Yeah. I, I'm thinking that has to be it because it's good, but... 
my biggest complaint with Lanceros in general is simply it's not worth the effort. Yeah, the draw on this has not been good. No. I mean, the draw on this Lancero has not been good. The flavor's been fine. Yeah. But um, appointment smoking-wise, probably not something I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to dive for. Well, and that, that's exactly what a Lancero has to be for me. A Lancero has to be an appointment smoke because it's so different and it's so... And this doesn't deliver on that. Well, I'll give it a five. Yeah, I'm, I'm right there with you. I mean, it's not terrible. No. It's not unsmokable. It's not even unenjoyable. It's just not everything I wanted it to be. Yeah. And all. It's, it's, just, it's a solid It's, it's five. holding itself back. Yeah. Yeah, it's a solid five. Well, how do they get hold of us, straight? You can reach us at facebook.com slash the cigarcast. We're on Instagram and Twitter at the cigarcast and email info at the cigarcast.com. Well, thank you, everybody, for listening to us this week. And until next week, have a great cigar and thank one of us. Yeah.